0: episode i'm joined by my sister and we're gonna have a spoiler filled discussion on the first season of she hulk attorney at law which is a disney plus show that ran for nine episodes these were half hour episodes it was kind of sitcom kind of kind of legal drama-y and only vaguely there, there was only one or two episodes where i felt they really did the legal drama type stuff yeah uh, i enjoyed that episode overall i liked this series i thought it was fun but I had some mixed feelings on a couple of parts of it. The She-Hulk character was obviously very CG, and there were some times where I felt that was pulled off a lot better than others. Most, Certainly the first episode, they did a good job with it.
1: Most of the CG worked for me, but her hands were awkward to me.
0: There were a couple of times where it it was at this weird spot of the Uncanny Valley where there's some where it's like, ooh, yeah, that just isn't working. Mm-hmm. And this was right on the edge of it working. Because there were a couple of places, like at one point when she was kind of backing out of the tailor's place or whatever. Again, the hands didn't always work. And some of it was not only just the visual where it's like as good as they've composited it in, it's still just off. But the audio is what got me at times. Mm. Because it it was something I, I felt this way a lot in the scenes at her office where The other person is talking in the room. She-Hulk is dubbed.
1: Yeah, I can see that. There was actually one scene where she wasn't She-Hulk, but she was Jen Walters. That, uh, to me, felt very, wait, is she really there? Or did we have to green screen the background for some reason? Mm. And I think it was one at the uh, barn at Emil Blonsky's. Interesting. Because it was one where I was like, Why does the background not feel quite right? I don't know if it was one of those ones where sometimes they go so sharp focus on the actor that they blur the background Ah. more than you expect it to be. Yeah,
0: yeah. If they've got a a depth of field kind of effect going.
1: Yeah, it may have just been that. But for the most part, and I think part of it with with the CG, part of what made it work so well for me was they're having a good on-set reference.
0: Yes, um, it it seemed like she was physically there.
1: Yeah, so when we found that they had one actress who yeah. was the on-set reference for all the scenes, because I was like, they really nailed the eye contact.
0: Well, and it was seeming like from the IMDb trivia pages that in some shots, that's what they used and just digitally put the She-Hulk face on it. So again, there were some places where it was really well done and others where it felt... Like a a, a live action actor that was animated. Yeah. Which is very literally kind of what it was.
1: Well, and the clothing looked unreal to me, which is part of the it's CGI clothing.
0: Yeah. The clothing was one of the weak spots and it wasn't bad, but it's what kept it from being, oh yeah, she's totally there.
1: Right. But for me, once they got better fitting clothing, it worked better. When she was in the awkward, it wasn't supposed to fit quite right. It wasn't properly tailored
0: Yeah, to use
1: their vernacular. It just wasn't working. And then once we got the tailored to fit her clothing, Mm -hmm. it started coming together for me.
0: Well, at times, particularly in the comics when she was a member of the Fantastic Four, she had a lot of stuff of unstable molecules. Because, well, Reed invented all that stuff, so perk of the job. Other times it's kind of the running gag of, oh, I like this outfit and she's got to hulk out and destroy it kind of thing. Yeah. So I liked kind of the superhero outfit she had because it's very similar to, but not identical to the sort of things she wore around the time of being an Avenger, being in the Fantastic Four, being an Avenger again. Mm. You know, very simple kind of almost workout attire kind of thing.
1: I was going to say, it looked to me like she was ready for a volleyball game. Yeah, yeah. And not in an inappropriate sexist way, if you know what I mean.
0: It looked highly practical and functional for that kind of character. Yet again, it wasn't overly sexualized or a screaming, I'm a superhero.
1: Yeah, it, it looked comfortable and like something someone would actually wear. It
0: looked practical. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought they did a good job with that. And they had quite a few other costumes in this show. We got a new one for Daredevil because he shows mm-hmm. up late in the game, and I thought his appearance in the show was was a lot of fun. I thought the costume was very reminiscent of the original Daredevil costume, which is kind of cool since this is Daredevil's official first appearance in the Marvel Universe. Matt Murdock had, of course, shown up before, yeah, but and it's just as easily to think that he's switching costumes, not that that's his original costume. I mean. We don't know daredevil's backstory in the m c u yet other than he's a lawyer in new york yeah so i'm I'm curious where that character goes from here, but we also got leapfrog l Aguilera or whatever man bull porcupine, and one of the vampire types or whatever from uh in the mm. uh abomination support group
1: mm-hmm and then we had The four guys. The Wrecking
0: Crew. We had the Wrecker, Thunderball, and the two other guys that I can never remember. I think it's Piledriver and any other one that I can never remember. Um, They always show up together, and it's the Wrecking Crew, so who needs individual names? And only the Wrecker and Thunderball were even mentioned in in the end credits. mm. So the other guys didn't speak, therefore they have no names.
1: We had uh, Tatiana, the slightly powered influencer. A Titania. Titania, sorry.
0: Tatiana was the actress who- pitched. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We get Hulk in a few episodes. We get Wong in a few episodes. What other kind of guest stars did they have?
1: You mentioned Abomination because he had the support group. A-
0: Abomination, yeah. First time he's been seen since the Incredible Hulk movie, which was a universal film, but took came out like a month after Iron Man. Mm. so technically the second MCU film, I guess. In my mind, with the Hulk, it's always a little unclear because while in that film they recap his origin, it doesn't contradict what was in the Ang Lee Hulk film. So if you wanted to, I think you could grandfather that into the whole thing, but I don't think that tends to be done. Overall, like I said, I really enjoyed this. A couple other familiar faces. One of Jen's co-workers at the law firm, was an actor who'd been in Arrow mm-hmm. as a Vigilante. And I think he did a better job here, frankly, than there.
1: He had a better character here. Yeah. That's a lot of it.
0: I liked Jen's dad, yeah. but Mark Lynn Baker from Perfect Strangers was brilliant in that show. It's nice to see him doing some stuff these days. He's been doing quite a bit in the meanwhile, I'm sure, but not much that I've watched. And he was well used, sparingly, you know, not one of those where we see it all the time, but it was it was fun.
1: But even the characters that were sparingly used were given some good material.
0: Yeah, overall, I would say the writing was very good with a few caveats. The breaking of the fourth wall, which I feel they almost had to do because that's very much part and parcel of the character in the comics. Okay, It didn't start that way, but there have been a couple of runs where everything from the cover of, you know, buy this or I'll destroy your X-Men number one kind of a thing. And then in the comics, breaking the fourth wall repeatedly. i think trying to remember if it was John Byrne who brought that in or who, but a number of others have run with it. So the current She-Hulk series doesn't seem to be doing the breaking of the fourth wall, but that's almost atypical for the character. But it's not a technique I particularly like, and it threw me a little in the first episode when she does that kind of breaking of the fourth wall, and the Hulk in the background is like hearing her do that. Yeah. And typically, the way you do it is everyone else is oblivious to it. And there were a few times, not only did she break the fourth wall to kind of do a wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of a thing to the camera or a snide comment or whatever, but a few times she's directly addressing us, the audience. Mm -hmm. But where I felt they got excessively meta was in the final episode when they bring in Kevin. And she basically isn't happy with where the storyline is going. Wonders how the audience is doing, and it's like we're at the Netflix screen or the Disney Plus screen, you know, the the menu screen. Yeah. Looking for another show to watch. She breaks out of her little square of it, goes into whatever the, the making of the show's show is, I've forgotten already. Avengers Assembled or whatever it is. And then uses that to go talk to the writing crew. It's like, oh, we do what Kevin says kind of a thing, and she goes to see Kevin. And at this point, we're totally Shattering the fourth wall.
1: We're taking time out from the episode to have a studio tour.
0: A studio tour, a riff on here are all the complaints we think the audience is going to have. So let's just acknowledge it and move on. We then meet Kevin, which is we're expecting Kevin Feige. We get K E V I N, and I forget what it stood for. And it's a Glados AI from Portal. I mean, the presentation of it, it was was almost verbatim to the fact that I was expecting there to be an acknowledgement of that in the end credits. And it was a little fun, a little interesting, certain parts of it were humorous and stuff, but it it literally edited the ending we were seeing. And it's like, oh, well, let's take this out. Okay. And this goes out, this goes out, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And there were a couple of things that were subplots all the way through that they're agreeing at that point to just chuck. Yeah. And I'm like, so why? I was entertained by it, but I was disappointed by it.
1: Well, it, it came down to them telling us what they wanted the theme of this collection of episodes to be.
0: Yes. There was an aspect of, again, highlighting what they thought the complaints of the story were going to be, addressing what they felt were common cliches of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then saying, well, we're going to go in this direction and telling us the direction they're going in. Yeah. Oh, I want Emil to own up to this. I want this to happen. I want him to be held accountable, you know.
1: Well, and Flou's saying that she wanted the show to have been about a character who thought she had found balance in her life, and then her whole life fell apart.
0: Yeah, it's as if they didn't trust either us as the audience or them as writers to have done a clear enough job for us to have picked up on that on our own. Yeah. And it felt a little not... Insulting, but not flattering to the audience for them to to do that sort of thing.
1: they also seem to think that you have to have a big bad to have a show
0: well, and they set up titania arguably as that, and that I think fizzled oh, it did I was expecting her to be a much bigger part of the storyline, and really for it to go from they figurative figuratively and literally butt heads at the beginning to being not friends or allies but at least workout buddies at the end because one of the things they do with those two in the comics is nobody can is in their weight class so to speak mm. so when they need to let out some frustration you need a sparring partner that you're not going to destroy that's actually one of the things they've been doing in the current series a bit and having that as the, the presumed big bad initially setting up the intelligentsia and the, the Hulk king screen name as is kind of the big bad or whatever and then going with the oh somebody seducing her to get the blood all this and then that just fizzles Mm -hmm. i really thought it was a great chance for them to bring back the um character from the original hulk movie that looked like he was going to be coming or i think they may have even done a tag scene there it's been long enough since i've watched it but the leader that was a gamma powered brain Ah. And the Intelligentsia is, I think, the name of a group he had in the comics and such. So bringing the leader in, even if only to quickly dismiss him afterwards or something, I think could have been very interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed early in the episodes the the Hulk battle of the sexes.
0: I thought the opening episode was really good in the, the Mexico scenes. Yeah. That stuff I loved. The stuff later with Jen and Daredevil I thought was terrific.
1: Yeah. But when we got to the, it's not even fair to call it a battle of the sexes at the finale, where it's just a whole bunch of men are saying, you know, she shouldn't be a Hulk because she didn't earn it, it's nepotism, this, that, and the other. That fell flat for me.
0: It felt a little cliche. Yeah. A little obvious and... It almost would have been funny to have had a character as the leader have it turn out to be a female who's just playing all these guys yes because it's so and just do a reversal on the whole sexism, yeah, you know they testosterone they can't think, so i'm gonna I'm gonna steer them in this direction or something, but I felt they so undercut their their finale uh, episode
1: if the female leader had been one of the other female lawyers up for lawyer of the year and felt that Jen only got lawyer of the year because she's She-Hulk.
0: If we had seen somebody at the gala who was visibly disappointed they didn't get it. Yes. And just, I knew she was going to get it. Yeah. Then that would have set the scene for that. Yes, that would have been very easy to do.
1: Yeah. I mean, they seemed to be trying to do a lot of female empowerment The only characters in every episode were She-Hulk and her female assistant Mm -hmm. and stuff. So there were a lot of things like that that I felt like they were trying for it, but not quite delivering.
0: Well, and I can't help but think they felt they weren't quite delivering. It almost seemed like they were going all the way to the end. And then when they were breaking the, the final episode and putting the story together and stuff, it's like either they felt they hadn't landed or something like that. So... I mean, it's probable that it was their, their game plan all along to do this kind of thing of shattering the fourth wall, going totally meta and stuff like that. One, I think it's a bad plan. And two, even if it was the plan, it felt like they didn't have faith in the story they were telling and they needed to kind of try to salvage it. Yeah. So I enjoyed a lot of the show. There were aspects of it that were a little tiresome, uh, breaking the fourth wall. And as entertaining as the finale episode was, I I don't have much, if any, respect for it. Again, the heavy-handed riff on Portal's AI for for Kevin and stuff, or K-E-V-I-N, as he called himself, lacked any originality whatsoever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I liked the female lawyer, Mallory.
0: She's from the comics and stuff. Looks different in the comics and stuff, but, you know, whatever and one of the recurring supporting cast members in in She-Hulk books.
1: I really think they did a good job with her character. She didn't Mm -hmm. have all that much screen time, all things considered, but I think they did good stuff with her and her case with Mr. Immortal.
0: Mr. Immortal, that was another Avenger we saw, or Great Lakes Avenger at least. No costume, but yeah, we saw him. I thought that was well done. I think the actress who played Mallory did a good job, but looked just enough like the Olivia Pope character from Scandal.
1: Oh, I can see that.
0: That it felt like a a riff on that, and given the character didn't look like that in the comics kind of thing. The Mr. Immortal thing, the other problem with that is both the lawyer and the paralegal were so flat-out rude to him that that seems like it breaks legal protocol, if not legal boundaries, and they seem to be working almost against him
1: Yeah, that was kind of funny to me.
0: That seems like a conflict of interest and breach of stuff. So, from a legal drama perspective, this show had had many, many questionable things.
1: I shocked the Selman up to the comedy aspect.
0: They were going for the comedy, they were not going for the legal accuracy. That much is certain.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mentioned Pug earlier. Mm -hmm. He didn't have all that many scenes, but they're again well used. The other lawyer. Bukowski, I guess, from the DA's office. I didn't love hating him, but I did hate him.
0: Well, and him getting taken advantage of by a shapeshifter.
1: That was hilarious.
0: That was kinda of funny.
1: And I mean Jen's testimony in that case mm-hmm. was priceless.
0: Yeah. Well, and the shapeshifter then impersonating the judge, mm-hmm. a couple of things like that. It's like I see a shapeshifter trying to it was I definitely see shapeshifter doing it. It felt like a poor man's Loki.
1: Yes. I did love Mallory representing Jen in the She Hulk trademark case.
0: Mhm. It just feels weird that the same lawyer would be doing a trademark case, a divorce case. Oh yeah. You know.
1: And I'm I'm not disagreeing yeah, yeah. with any of that. I'm just saying that there were there were some really good moments mm-hmm. which I think is part of why the finale disappointed me so much. And I'm trying to figure out how I could have liked the finale more because, as much as I like our idea of a female yes. manipulating the men,
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay, if if they had done that, which I do think would have been much more interesting than Todd, I actually would still do the part I didn't actually care for. Since you say it's Parshie Hulk with the breaking of the fourth wall, mm-hmm. I would still do that. I would still go to the right room, and I would still go to Kevin. But the closing argument I would bring at that point would be Jim Walter slash She-Hulk saying, enough with women tearing down women.
0: I almost would have ditched the whole shattering of the fourth wall thing and going to Kevin and such. I would have had her basically do a, hey, timeout. Break the fourth wall that way. I need a second to think this through. Mm. And basically have her do a lawyer-y breakdown, uh, uh, opening, closing arguments type stuff to us, the audience of this is what I think's happening, this is where I think it needs to go, this is what should happen, and stuff like that, as she's kind of collecting herself.
1: Could she do a timeout and all of that almost in the form of like a moot court?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying, is basically everything's frozen in the background and she's addressing us like we're in the jury box.
1: But I guess what I'm saying is, in terms of a moot court, if we're in the jury box, could she get on a imaginary... Witness stand and bring up various characters. Oh yeah,
0: hold on, yards. They could yeah. have played that as she's embracing the legal drama and and presenting her case. Yeah, she's basically using that to collect her thoughts. She now has a game plan. Time back in and things start resolving very quickly. You know, this is going to happen. This, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So I
1: and that breaking of the fourth wall would have worked better for me than the very meta studio tour.
0: Yeah, the studio tour, it went on a bit too much, and again, it was not very, again, it wasn't that original or whatever. And again, I'm sure there have been things very similar to this of She-Hulk accosting John Byrne in the pages of the comic he's doing. Mm -hmm. So I see where they've got the the source material for this, but I don't know that that was the right decision to do here. I mean, I get they're going to have different takes on all of these shows and movies and such. But I think breaking of the fourth wall is an exceedingly dangerous thing to do in a narrative because it's really pointing out this is a narrative.
1: Bill Cosby used to do it well. He's one of the few entertainers that he did very rarely on both his Cosby shows, but just enough that I remember he would just turn to the camera. And it wasn't, it was rarely spoken, but it was turned to the camera with these looks the raised eyebrow. Yes,
0: the, yeah, the reaction shot. Yeah. And that's okay because that edges on the fourth wall leans up against it heavily but doesn't really break it. Another show that did the the fourth wall thing often that I thought worked was Saved by the Bell. Mm. And I would have loved to have seen Mark Paul Gossler just do a quick guest spot as an opposing lawyer. And it's clear he's doing his own breaking of the fourth wall to his audience. That would have been priceless, yeah. You know? So there, there are ways you can make it work, but it's, it's a really risky way to go. And when it was clear that Jen, while talking to Kevin, seemed to have encyclopedic knowledge of the MCU,
1: mm-hmm. I don't know. Encyclopedic knowledge of the MCU, but didn't know who Daredevil was.
0: In story. In story, yes. I couldn't tell. I took that as literally she didn't know. There's the possibility she was just, yeah, you're not that big of a deal guy. New York minor hero. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was at the Battle of, of New York and stuff like that anyways. So. I was
1: going to say, she had to introduce him to Hulk.
0: Yeah. Well, and when Hulk comes back there at the end, I thought the storyline they set up for him happening off panel and stuff. It's like, are we ever going to see any of that? Don't know. To have it resolve of, hey, I'm back and let me introduce. Mm-hmm. And the, the the person being introduced is on camera for what? Five seconds? Yep,
1: no speaking lines.
0: No speaking lines. That was also something that had been spoiled for me earlier in the day on a news feed.
1: Oh, I managed to avoid that spoiler.
0: And this episode Just we're barely. watching this episode, what, the day after it came out? Uh-huh. So I was I was disappointed with that, but I kind of figured that's where they were going, given what had happened in Thor Ragnarok and the early episode or two here. But they have some explaining to do for that to have any relevance, make sense, etc. That's another thing where I thought the finale fell flat. They wanted to to get the credit for introducing this character without really introducing the character.
1: Well, it's funny because at the end of the finale, I was trying to figure out how much did we change the status quo versus how much did we try not to change the status quo. And just between the end scene and the post credit scene, we changed that again.
0: Well, I took... The end credit scene, which was a little spoiled because they do the the main cast credits, the end credit scene, and then the full end credits. And there was a reveal in that interim credits that it's like, wait, we didn't see, th- oh, this character's coming up in the end credit scene, isn't he? Mm-hmm.
2: You
0: know, which I thought undercut it. But that almost seemed like a reversal to what we would have presumed the status quo was for those characters prior to the show. Abomination and Wong. Mm-hmm just to to spell it Mm -hmm. out and stuff, had been seen in Shang-Chi as a a wrestling team kind of a thing.
1: So you're saying most people would have assumed Abomination didn't go back to jail. Yep. Okay, that's fair.
0: In other words, they said, no, he's back and we'll get him out afterwards just to put it back to where if you hadn't seen this and only watched the movies, you wouldn't feel like you missed anything even though maybe you did.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: Again, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I think it could have been better. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything from the writing could have been a little tighter, the finale absolutely could have been better, and I think the end of the previous episode to it, where the finale has snuck up on her, yeah, made it feel like it snuck up on the writers too, yeah. which also undercut the finale. So I think, again, the writing, the dialogue, the humor, a lot of that was good, but the plotting and the, the res- resolution of the whole arc has to have been better than it was. It, it needed to be.
1: But I like the casting.
0: Casting was good. The characterizations by and large was really good. The effects, generally speaking, were really good. Again, She-Hulk didn't always come out flawlessly from a technical perspective, but I don't know of any other, and I'm going to use air quotes around television show here because it's a streaming show, you could argue different budget, different rules, whatever, but a main character that's CGI having been done on, on television or streaming before. Yeah. So I think that in and of itself is impressive if perhaps maybe you're too premature.
1: I really think Tatiana Maslami was a good choice for Mm -hmm. She-Hulk and Jim Walters. I really think so.
0: I think so. I just wish the audio team had put a little bit more thought in how they recorded her and getting kind of the room tone and such of the sets and making her voice feel like it was more in the space. Mm Mm-hmm because I think that was, as much as the visuals, what was making it feel a little out of place for me. But again, it was fun. Totally be up for another season of this. Hope they do that. I think there's a lot more they could do, both if they were to embrace the legal drama aspect of it, and even if they don't, with uh, She-Hulk and Daredevil explaining what's going on with the Hulk and stuff there at the end, and really setting her up to be in future Avenger movies and such, Even though we're flat out told here not to expect that. Yeah, well, you know.
1: But she might be in Avengers movies.
0: Actually, that would have been a hilarious end credit scene of get through some of the credits. She-Hulk will return in and then show the Avengers logo. (laughs) Yes, yes. And then get a huh wait, (laughs) and cut to her and some very cheesy cut rate, you know, not Avenger Avengers. yes. And her turning, yelling Kevin and marching off or something. <laughs> yes. I mean, there's some some fun stuff they could have done. And it's funny because they established the end credit scene in the first episode, do it for the next three or four. At least. So by the time we stop getting it, it it feels wrong. Yeah. So that was another thing I think, man, just a 10 second scene on each of the last couple of things really could have helped it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So again, fun, liked it. Didn't love it. I think it could have been better without too much more work and was a little disappointed by that. Yeah. But hopefully it'll do better in the second season.
1: And I am looking forward to a second season. Yes. So it is that level of good, if that makes sense.
0: And at least to see this character in other MCU stuff. Yeah. Anything else? I think that does it. Cool.